everybody, and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today, I have a Jer. Hello. And a Wheeler. Bonhomme. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support at the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Tis the season. And as such, we want to talk about our top five red green cards now i did a little bit of uh, a little bit of googling a little bit of scry falling a little bit of gathering and there are 215 cards that are both red and green and i'm really curious to find out amongst the three of us how many overlapping we have for our top five so it's worth mentioning for our top five this is not an argument about the cream of the crop the best ones but we want to talk about ones that are near and dear to ourselves and then of course have a home in the format so it's a, a, a neat mixture between you know our personal view on the format and our personal spice let's just jump right into it jer start us off with your number five and we'll count down and we'll we'll switch up the format this time we'll all talk about our fifth discuss and then move down the list all right my number five is rurik thar the unbowed it's a six mana six six for four red green it's a an ogre warrior so one relevant creature type you know ogre tribal it has vigilance and reach two good good keywords especially stapled to a six six that's going to block basically every flyer in the format and has vigilance so it gets to attack and block on that note it attacks each turn of able so you're not able to misplay and not attack with it and then <laughs> it says whenever any player casts a non-creature spell Rurikthar deals six damage to that player so if it resolves against a blue deck you win if it resolves against a combo deck you win if it resolves against a creature deck you probably win so yeah good one costs a lot of mana but you get rewarded for your ambition in casting it. Now, what's interesting is we're not doing honorable mentions today, but had we done an honorable mention, Rurik Thar would have been there. I don't know if I've ever resolved one, but I sure have died to it a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's mostly the side I'm on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who is playing Rurik Thar? Let's talk about that real quick. Classically, it's played in hoof decks, but I've, I've also dabbled in like go bigger monsters decks that like cast some big dummies and just like out and out ramp decks that have like black lotus and stuff in them so having a bunch of like sort of like six drops is good as well to sprinkle in with the the nine drops that you're actually trying to kill people with but most mostly right. hoof that's fair all right well my fifth place is also a large lad and mine is a little bit bigger and a little bit dumber and i think i'm the only person playing it let me introduce you to borborygmos enraged eight mana legendary cyclops gets you a seven six with trample costing you a very modest four red red green green and it says whenever it deals combat damage to a player reveal the top three cards of your library put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard and then discard a land card deal three damage to target creature or player i play this almost exclusively in lands maybe no i was gonna say maybe as a reanimation target but there's just better creatures now it's i mean it's pretty good when you shallow grave it or gorio's vengeance it oh yeah Gori gorio's vengeance is most of my experience with it in the format <laughs> the old titan fins it's tough in lands you know, because once you have eight mana, ideally you should have already won. And how many lands do you have in hand? But like it does all the things you kind of want it to do. And you have a little bit more wiggle room in just a red green lands deck as opposed to if you're doing like a four or five color version. But I can't talk about red green and not talk about my big boy or boar over here. Hold. <laughs> what did you? This card has a lot of nicknames. 
I, I've most, I, I don't know about. Jer. You don't like Bor Bor? Well, you, I, Papa Gizmo is the like Victoria nickname that I've always heard with this one. Pop Papa Gizmo for sure is really. I've never heard Papa Gizmo. Papa Gizmo, yeah, it's kind of like if you just mumble <laughs> its name, but Bor Bor. Mm. Uh, it's the first six letters. Yeah, we're not saying you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mean it's the first first three letters twice? Very good. You're also not wrong. All right, let's let's talk about your fifth place here. So my fifth place, a uh, heck of a magic card. Some people might be familiar with it. Definitely the best red-green card in the format. It's called Renin 6. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy playing with Renin 6. I don't particularly enjoy playing against it a lot of the time. And it's absurdly powerful. And I'm kind of numb to it now. In that it's just like, all right, this is the life we're living. But I felt like I wanted to include it because it's, it turns out this card's so good, it finds homes and decks that aren't even like red green when you think about it. Or red or green, like, you know, splash it and <laughs> splash it in Esper. This card is so good in eggs, which sounds really stupid to say aloud, but it's a permanent that can deal, it can rebuy your Tolarian Academy when people have blown it up or like a rebuy Tolaria West so that you can find like a Lion's Eye Diamond if you've already found Black Lotus or vice versa. It pings Thalia, Idiot Bird. Like it just, it cleans out a lot of annoying things. And it's also a permanent that you can like very easily loop it coming into play, right? Like it comes into play, it pings them for one. You can get rid of it in some way, shape or form in your deck. And then when you second sunrise, you get it back and then it pings for one, et cetera. Get it back so. with a nice Savine's wreck. Yeah, it's it's in the category of cards that are like when you play with it at its best, it's kind of just boring because it's so good. Like you just strip lock people or something, but because it's so good, you can take advantage of it in more niche applications. And then you're, it's just super exciting, right? It's one of those things like if you Teferi your own ETB creature, that feels cool and good. I, I definitely played this in like my rug, like Planeswalker Time Walks deck. And like, I would legit play it and my opponents wouldn't realize what I was playing. And then I just ult ultimated it and win the game immediately. And they, oh. they wouldn't realize what happened. Like, cause most of the time it's not, the ultimate isn't really all that big of a, a threat. Like it's huh. it's bad, but it's not just going to win the game. But in that deck, yeah. it just wins the game. Yeah, like maybe I'm just getting older, but like my favorite part about it is like, oh yeah, I get to hit all my land drops. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to number four here. Jer, start us off. Number four, I have sort of like the older version of Ben's fifth choice. I have Domery Raid. It was like the first red green planeswalker mm -hmm. that i really had a had a strong bond with now there's a lot of domries can you can you read the abilities of this one specifically yeah the, this one's the the first domry so it's three mana one red green three loyalty it has a plus one where you look at the top card of your library if it's a creature card you may reveal it and put it into your hand then minus two target creature you control fights another target creature and minus seven you get an emblem with creatures you control have double strike trample hexproof and haste otherwise known as you you win the game yeah this was like you know like when it came out it was 
the nightmare scenario for turn two on the play off an, off an elf against a control deck. <laughs> you'd just like your opponent played an elf, you're playing blue white control, so you don't have removal spells, and then you you play your land hoping they respect the spell pierce that isn't in your deck, and then they just slam Domri, and you're like, yep, next game. Hey, you're just naming hoof cards. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the cards. I mean, to catap or to to catapult off that comment too, Serge. It's it's one of the cards that like during that period of hoof really solidified like red as the best splash color or yeah. just like two instead of playing because it started out as mono green it's like uh maybe we need uh this rurik thar and eh, well we can play domri now and i guess dragonlord of tarka is pretty large and you know that kind of stuff this card's an absolute nightmare yes it's so good yes all right well i went for some anti-hoof tech so for my fourth card i chose fire spout now fire spout is a three mana sorcery it costs two generic and a red green hybrid fire spout deals three damage to each creature without flying if red was spent and three damage to each creature with flying if green was was spent to cast it and if you're just playing like pyroclasm dot deck around the time that hoof was really starting to pop off i was doing a slightly worse tear running a lot of like pox and stacks decks and as hoof got better and better i had to start putting in more and more lower removal and this card was fantastic because you get you you hit your pyroclasm and then what? And one of the advantages of this over a lot of the other cards you have access to, like Anger of the Gods, is how flexible and how easy it is to cast. It only makes, takes a single pip, and it's uh, pretty flexible on red and green, as opposed to one red red, which is normally what you need to cast for those three damage sweepers. You can get a little tricky with it too. Like I, I've seen Chris Sutherland cast it in like tempo decks, where his board is like Delver of Secrets, Vendillion clique and he just doesn't put in any green and he just like oh yeah yeah you just get to wrath the like the groundlings it could be kind of cute and one-sided with it i like it fly over with the birds yeah. i've definitely done it cast it against it might have been chris sutherland for the opposite <laughs> mode like just green like neglected to put in red and just killed all those derpy flyers heck yeah wheeler what you got in fourth place Number four is a card that is, you know, I got a spoiler alert. I don't have Bloodbraid Elf on my list because that's not my type of magic, which makes this card kind of weird to include, but it's Huntmaster of the Fells. Interesting. This card is just, it's such a feel good to, it's, it makes me feel warm when I play it and when I play against it, you know? So what does it do? Master of the Fells is a it's a flip card, so it's a it's a tra or well, a transform card, double faced card. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's two red and green for a two two human werewolf. When it comes into play or transforms into the you know the flip side. Or sorry, when it trans when it comes to player transforms back into this side, Huntmaster. You make a two two green wolf token and you gain two life. Then it has the werewolf text. So at the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells were cast last turn, you transform it. it becomes Ravager of the Fells, which is a four four with trample that says whenever uh, you transform into Ravager of the Fells. You deal two damage to target opponent and two damage to up to target up to one target creature that player controls and then the whole werewolf flip back. So it can really run amok in a stalled board like it. It's very good at ripping oh, yeah. through board clears like if you're just top decking against someone 
if you play this and your opponent doesn't play a land, it's it's or sorry, and they played like just a land next turn, it's like over. You get like you build up your board, you clear, you know, get your little bit of a life cushion. You can start th- taking things apart, get it out of bolt range. But it's just good magic. <laughs> like it's just I don't know. It feels good when it when Huntmaster is around. It it makes me really happy to play Highlander. You know. Because then I get to tendrils them out. No, but it, it's just like <laughs> it, it's just like if somebody ancient tombs into Huntmaster, that's okay by me. You just start clapping. You're like, you know what? That's good, clean magic. Yeah, go off. That's fine. This is, this is good, honest magic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good beats, right? All right. What you got in third place, Jer? Well, in third place, I have might be my favorite. No, my second favorite card on the list. It's Gore Clan Rampager. Oh yeah. Two red green for a four four with trample which is its alternate cost and then it's it's uh <laughs> main cost is red green and blood rush which means you discard it and then target attacking creature gets plus four plus four and gains trample until end of turn and notably you're not casting anything so it's uncounterable sort of pump spell which which can really can really get people if they're they're like holding up a counter spell and they're they're waiting on it but this is like the iconic choo choo card of the format i love this so much do you think this is like a uniquely highlander card no it gets it does see play in some other formats especially since historic sort of uh came in and pioneer it, it saw some play there as well i don't know if it is in historic yet actually. it's it's not in historic but pioneer yeah and this, it was sort of a turning point in highlander at least i noticed in that people started getting got for holding their removal spells to the last second like you'd be attacking and then it'd be like okay before damage bolt your thing and you're like no take an extra four and they're like oh i'm dead and you're like yep should have should have done that right earlier. killed it br- before combat right yeah because it can only target target attacking creatures so as soon as you turn your thing sideways their lightning bolt is no longer effective it's a really good insight my third place is a card that was very near and dear to my heart when I first started playing the format. I was playing against my buddy John, who just loved playing blue-white control. And I was like, I can't beat control. I can't beat control. How can I beat control? Well, let me introduce you to my little friend, Vexing Shusher. This is a two mana, two, two goblin shaman for red, green hybrid, red, green hybrid. It says this spell can't be countered. And for red, green hybrid, target spell can't be countered and i think this card has maybe fallen out of favor as well maybe just the mid-range decks like the the power the the power level of creatures has gone up such that you don't just want to play a two and a two two especially if it's not against control but there was there was a time where this was the secret tech this this blew my mind like how they how can they print something like this how can control decks beat this card so frustrating so i had to give it a spot on the list is is goblins even playing this maybe depends on the meta i've seen a couple of people if they're playing like if they're still playing like mono red or if they went red green but like even then, I feel like the next time you see this card is if like there's a big push for like shaman tribal or something. Oh no! I did play the I played this card like way back in the day, like right? like 2008 Lander or like 2009, and played it in heartbeat because I got so tired of people countering my spells. <laughs> <laughs> I kept countering my like Marari's wake and I was like, come on. Yeah, never again. Get in there, Shusher. 
playing this. It, this, I mean, before I was on Declaration of Not, which is a very awful card. I don't even want to <laughs> oh, talk dear. about that. Yeah, it was bad time. I justified it to myself because, like, I can Enlighten Tutor for it. This is worth the eight points for Enlighten Tutor or whatever people think Stone Age Highlander was. But yeah, this God, this card's a real pisser. <laughs> I, I thought it, I might be, am I the only, tell me afterwards if I'm the only person who put this on the list, but I figured this card needed to be talked about, especially for talking about some of the strongest red green cards in the format. All right, Wheeler, on to you. Third place. My third place is one of the few planeswalkers that I'm like super jazzed to play with at all times again. It's uh, Xenagos the Reveler. Good. I'm glad. I thought you were going to put that one. So I put Domri. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I was going to put Domri and I was like, ah, I just Xenagos is just so cool. It's like, OK, so to clarify, because there are two Xenagoses from this area or era, too. It's a planeswalker with its gruel. It's four mana. It's plus three loyalty. It's plus one. You add x mana and any combination of red or green where x is the number of creatures you control so it's plus one is a guy's cradle that can add some combo of red and green it has a zero which is a create a two two red and green satyr creature token with haste and minus six is exile the top seven cards of your deck you put any number of creatures or land cards from among them onto the battlefield i don't know if i've done that more than like twice well they're not really dead before that right yeah they're usually just dead Zedagos is great. It's again kind of in that camp of like what Domri brought or and Huntmaster, honestly, for the hoof decks and like certain mid-range decks where if you can sneak this in against the control decks, especially back when the format was very board wipe heavy, this is so annoying. Like you're just making hasty beaters over and over again. And it's so frustrating to deal with. And it's just a also like that plus one is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Gaia's Cradle and you get red, which in Hoof, right? Especially back then, or even in like a Gruel mid-range deck, right? You might use all your red mana up early and getting to play and, you know, you bolt a thing and then play a Xenagos. Probably not the right spell order, but who cares? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just being able to get that flexibility too. This the cards, you know, might not be what it was in 20, you know, in 2020, it's not exactly at the same level of you know the same status but still just a just a great card so many people talk about hoof as being the scariest card in the hoof deck and you don't it, uncountable how many games are actually done just one off the back of like a turn two or turn three xenagos or domri that's what killed you in that deck because while while you're fighting through Xenagos, while you're fighting through Domri, it's giving you the time and the acceleration to set up that hoof or just killing you outright, right? Yeah, it. I mean, when Hoof got to that spot in development, like the actual scariest card was just Rafellos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you had yeah. enough like Rurikthar cards or Xenagoses that, yeah, if you get to turn three, or turn two, God forbid, primeval titan or, you know, tooth and nail. Yeah, you're probably dying. But like now they just have a bunch of other options that are just totally fine. It's like, oh, no, I'm dead on turn four instead of turn three. So, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second place. Jer, what do you have? In second place, I have Ben's fifth place, Ren and Six. It was too good not for me not to include it. But like Ben, I'm sort of numb and at this point disinterested <laughs> to put it at one which is where it deserves to be so i put it at two because it's a biased list and i can do that yeah it's it's an insanely powerful card and it's definitely more fun 
to have in your hand than on the table across from you. I don't know. It just leads to a lot of dumb games. Like there are sweet things you can do with it. Like I loved playing it in that rug planeswalker time walk deck where like I was actually like working to get the ultimate and that was a legitimate win condition and that was really interesting. But like just having it in a deck where like you're never going to miss a land drop and your opponent can't ever play a one toughness creature or you're playing it in a deck that has (laughs) six strip mines and glacial chasm and or glacial chasms in in the deck is like it's just not that fun on either side can i can i share a confession yep all right so real talk i have never cast renin six and i have never played against renin six i think you just gave ben the official lands pilot crown oh <laughs> that is yeah, that <laughs> i I I don't I don't have a joke. I'm just gen, I'm 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 actually kind of, I don't know I'm, what happened. I'm genuinely speechless. Genuinely. So that- I have every time I've tried to check any store other than ordering online, I've never been able to find an R6. So it's never made it into any of my decks just recently. And somehow all of the magic I've played recently, no one has ever sleeped it up and cast it against me. None of the tournaments I went to, never. Like even when we were going back to Magic Fests, I have never cast or sat across from an r6 you mean a w6 well, well sure <laughs> you don't pronounce that the, the no, w was no. silent wheeler the w was silent give i get that because i'm not <laughs> look i didn't go in on you for the all right fine yes 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 roast me for the the w6 sure why not that's it are you sure i swear to that i don't you there's no reason for you to lie I've never known you to be the kind of person to lie. So here's the other interesting thing. When when we did the set review, when Ren and Six was first spoiled, you gave Mm -hmm. it to me and I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of mo on this card. And you and and Jer were both like, what's wrong with you? This card's broken. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really see it. And then like three sets after that, everyone's been like, say, Serge, has your opinion changed? I'm like, ah, not really. And now it's, how long has it been out? Three years? I, I, I don't know. That, that's also there's just, a scary thought. Yeah, yeah. There's just something missing. I'm sure it'll get corrected shortly. And I'm sure the comments are about to roast me. Let's move on with our, our lives. All right. Let me talk about my second place card, which is something that we have touched upon, but nobody's actually claimed. And that is Bloodbraid Elf. My, my second favorite red green card is Bloodbraid Elf. If you don't know, four mana which is two red and a green, gets you a 3-2 Elf Berserker with Haste and with Cascade. Now, I've only cast this a couple of times myself. Uh, It's not really the style of deck I play in Highlander, but this card is just so iconic for me when it comes to talking about Gruul and just the turns when you're sitting across from a red player and they're like turn three and they're like, okay, use my Elf, two red, okay, Bloodbraid Elf, cool, hit Burning Tree, Emissary, cast this other two drop, burn you, and uh, yeah, that four mana just did seven damage to you. What up, gamer? Your turn. I I I love it. I love it. I mean, there's literally a deck in our format named after it. That is also in another format. There, this like like four color blood. It's yeah, the blood yeah. in four color blood. Yeah. It's such an iconic card, and it's still you know maybe when it gets included, there's definitely a, just a pinch of oh, I really want to cast Bloodbraid Elf, but it's not as if it's on the bench like entirely. Like it still is just oopsie doopsie. Here's a three drop, and I'm going to kill your planeswalker. It's sort of one of those cards that you can include in in the bigger decks too, because it it just has so much value attached to it, and it matches up really well against a lot of the the decks that are typically good against the go bigger decks too. Like I'll often include it in ramp decks because it's 
a roadblock that pressures planeswalkers is good against counter spells and will likely hit a ramp spell anyways so you could you can sort of it's it's like more versatile than a lot of the other like just good stuff cards it does feel better to hit a ramp spell than to hit like an elf and an aggro deck certainly i have a I have a very good Bloodbraid Elf story about flexi- Bloodbraid Elf flexibility that if we need a powerful magic for next episode, I can save it. We do, and that sounds okay. great. Okay, yeah. great. Well, if you listen to this chronologically, <laughs> uh, give it. A, wait for the next episode. I got a good one. See you in a yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wheeler, what's your second place? My second place is Jer's third place. It's Gore Clan Rampager. Yeah, it, I... This card's great. <laughs> it's it's one of these cards yes. that is just like, to me, it really pushes the difference between Gruul and Red and how like there are these seemingly small changes in your archetypes that actually just have massive implications, right? Because like if you look at Red and Gruul and Canlander and to some people they're like, it, it's the same. I'm just dying on turn three or four, both like are dying on turn four, both way, games. Right. But gruel is just, just a bit faster and it's just a bit or more explosive, I guess. And it's more explosive because it has, you know, colossal knights and gore clan rampager. And it also gets the, as Jared put it, the alternative casting cost where you can also just play it as a 4-4, you know, in your deck that probably is rocking double Moxon might have a mana crypt in there. And a 4-4 trample is scary, right? Like that's kind of terrifying. Oh yeah, that'll kill you. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it truly, it's like the original adventure creature, except mm. you never get to cast the 4-4 side because the game's over before you get to <laughs> But it's, yeah, cards, cards big. It's, it's the genuine like test of skill and playing with it and against it. And well, it, it pairs really well with Berserk. So good card. All right. And our number one card, start us off, Jer. My number one card is kind of cheating, but it definitely counts. It's the beautiful pig, Flintooth Boar. Oh, yeah, that counts. That counts. One and a green for a 2-2. Two, two. So you're, you may be saying no red mana in the mana cost, but wait. Uh, Flintooth Boar gets plus one, plus one as long as you control a mountain. Red land. Don't tell me it's colorless. It's red. And red mana symbol colon. Flintooth Boar gains haste until end of turn. It's, it's, it's color identity is red green, so it, it counts. Exactly. I love that you included this. Couldn't not. Number one. Number one on the list. Number one in our hearts. Real quick, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm so confused. Just making sure, just checking. You know, if people don't understand the beauty of the boar, the most beautiful of pigs. Yeah, it's it's the greatest piece <laughs> of magic art ever, too. It's it's literally just a pig. <laughs> it's so it's just an it's just a pig that's just in the where it lives is on and it's fire. It's a great card. <laughs> yeah. It's it's also good. <laughs> But it's a pig. I think the best yeah. part is we're not even being insincere. We legitimately love this card. It's just like, really? You know, Absolutely. we're talking about some of the most powerful cards in Magic, and you're talking about and checks notes uncommon from M13. I mean, you could probably you could be like, oh, it won all these events, and it's a good card. It's flexible. It's good in mox deck. Blah blah blah. But like, all you need to hear is that it's the beautiful pig. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. All right. My number one is a card that we have already talked about. And that is Huntsmaster of the Fells. 
I just want to echo some things that Wheeler was talking about already when we were talking about Huntsmaster before, but I just think this is such a cool card. It does a lot. There's so many words printed on this card, but it doesn't feel as oppressive as some of the four drops we've seen recently. Maybe it's because there's room for counterplay and there's still intelligent decisions you have to make as opposed to if this card just had like 14 keywords printed on it. It's, yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the best Uro you'll ever and, see. And, and recursion and yeah, I was yeah. like, it, it's no Uro, but I respect it a lot more. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a beautiful card, and I, I'm very proud of calling that my number one red-green card. Dark Ascension Mythics, Arclight's Ascension aside, or whatever that awful card is, like, between Huntmaster and Falconrath Aristocrat, like, God, take me there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was They're just so peak, cool. Peak magic. God. I won so many standard matches with Falconrath Aristocrat. Yeah. Good, 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 good vampire. <laughs> Classic Gruel card, Falcon Wrath <laughs> What's your number one, Wheeler? My number one card is a hybrid card, admittedly. And it might be a little boring for some, but you got to give respect where respect is due. I have Manamorphose as yeah, my number one card. I, yeah, that could have called me. that one. Shocked, I'm sure. And honestly, it's not just because it's, oh, combo, but the amount of heavy lifting this card does. Manamorphos is like, I don't know, like a superhero. That's, it's like Superman, like holding up a building, like a skyscraper to let like kids escape from it in an earthquake. You know, that's a great analogy in my head. Probably won't track on audio. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> that in storm decks and combo decks, sometimes your mana can be a little finicky. And Manamorphose is just like, don't worry, I got you. Let me help you out a little quick. Let me draw you an extra card too. Have you, you got, you drinking enough water? You take your pills today? Like it, it's checking on you. It's, it's always doing that. You know, it's, it's looking out for you. It's great if you have like spell duplicators because then you're just up mana. Actually, really quickly, what does it do? Oh, it does everything. Uh, one and then a hybrid red-green. It's an instant. You add two mana in any combination of colors and you draw a card. That's Seems it. Seems good. It's basically free. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's a great card. Really good art too. That's it. Yeah. I've I've played it as a fair color fixer in Seismic Swans. You know, a deck oh. that wants to cast oh. red, 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 oh. as well as blue, white, blue, white hybrid. That's oh. base green. You're all shaking your heads at me. I respect the hell out of that, dude. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's great. I love, I love to see it. I actually think the best deck it fits in, like the deck where it pulls the most weight, is in Blitz decks. Yeah, oh. it's absurd in Blitz decks. Yeah, it's like the apps. Like anytime you draw Basic Mountain that you like have to put in those decks, it's miserable. But then you draw yeah. the Manamorphose, and it just makes everything better. The Transform lands from Zendikar Rising definitely helped make navigating your Blitz turns early on easy. But if you don't have that, Manamorphose is like, hey there, idiot. I know you tried to cast a Delver into a double red spell and then wanted to go giant growth, Mugen you know, like giant growth, Might yeah. of Old Crosser Berserk. That's not how magic works, but don't worry, I got you. And you're like, oh, thanks, Manamorphose. <laughs> so really quickly, two cards I want to talk about that I'm shocked that nobody mentioned. The first is Kessig Wolfrun. I'm surprised neither of you was like, ah, honorary gold card. So Kessig Wolfrun is a land that adds a colorless, but for X and a Gruel, target creature gets plus X plus own gains trample until end of turn. I, I, I figured one of you two would have written about that or talked about that. I, I just think it's a little past its prime. Like, yeah, that's fair. 
Wolfrun used to be a sweet target in in hoof decks, but even hoof decks have mostly issued it for just just more reliable ways to win the game. And colorless lands really really hurt in in decks like that. Like every colorless land you put in hoof is a is a one lander you're gonna have to mulligan at some point. Hunt Huntmaster and Xenagos were my like nostalgia hoof cards I'm adding to here too, because I I haven't played red and hoof in like for the past year. But like yeah. it's just and even then those two cards can flex into like pod and four color blood or whatever. Huh. But yeah. I mean also maybe I got infected one too many times when that was in standard. <laughs> so you're like I'm done with it. All right. Yeah. And the other card that I'm shocked nobody talked about is Burning Tree Shaman. This is a three mana, three for a centaur shaman for one, a red and a green. And whenever a player plays an activated ability that isn't a man ability, shaman deals one damage to that player. I figured I figured this would be on somebody's top five. This was this was my honorable mention. Was it? I, okay. I love this card. This is I've I've yeah. Red red green aggro was was one of my first decks that I I played. I I first built blue eye control to the surprise of nobody, but the second deck I played was built was red green aggro. Like you thought Ruark Thar would kill you. Burning Tree Shaman has killed me so many times. And notably, it's an out to time time vault. Like the amount of times people have tried to time vault me oh. with this in play, and I'm like, yeah, you're shocking yourself every time you do that. Keep going. Nice. Huh. It's <laughs> it, it's a card that's it's nice that it's still just very good because I mean it came out in two thousand and four or two thousand five. <laughs> And it's not like a Mother of Ruins kind of utility creature or just like a, oh, we didn't know what we were doing kind of creature. It's just like an aggressive creature from that era that has stood the test of time. Yeah. yeah. Sweet design. Great. Yeah. Like the fourth toughness on that card is so vital, Ooh. but so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, you just love to see it. Ooh, symmetrical. All right, my yeah. friends. Any closing thoughts on Red Green in Highlander in 2020? It's still good. Still <laughs> run people yeah. over. Kills like, people dead. I, I still think the like quote unquote fair deck with the fastest clock is like the, the Red Green pump spells aggro deck. Like I think it, it probably kills on average on a, like goldfish is faster than mono red there's just so many more ba- yeah it's just like you like, know all those twos that show up in red like deal two damage they swap those for four yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also just get better creatures yeah what's interesting to me is of 215 gruel cards we were asked to pick 15 and we came up with 12 unique ones because we doubled up on Huntsmaster. Renin Six and Gore Clan Rampager. Gore Clan. And Rampager. So not bad. Not a bad list. All right. With that, my friends, let's call it an episode. Thank you very, very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If there's any red green cards that you're shocked that we omitted, please let us know in the comments down below. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Thank you very, very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.